Okay, here we go. The Ben and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio the dial. Ben and Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> when you lose a ball, that's a scary situation. And so no one was more surprised than me. I jumped and my glove went behind my head. And the ball landed in my glove. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of outs in that club. We're going to talk to Dwight Evans in a moment here, but first let's introduce episode 146. I think I got that right. Are you sure? The Of the award-winning Planet Mikey podcast. Now, we might be hesitant to specify exactly which awards we've won. I can tell you that one of them is the SIT Award, S-I-T, which yeah. stands for Stuck in Traffic which means we're number one for people who know that listening to this podcast is just a little bit better than steaming and swearing at all the jerks on the road who are doing exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Along with Bill Smith, not to be confused with Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Men in Black. My, my name is Bill Smith, and it's, here's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly not to be confused with former Major League Baseball player Smith. They didn't even have his first name in the in the all-time record book. Well, it's a big family. Smith played one game, five plate appearances, one hit, pitched six innings, gave up an earned run average of nine. Smith, where they know exactly what he did in the game but don't know his name, <laughs> which is certainly sad. And we're also here with young Ben Kitchen, who is rarely confused with anybody who's ever solved a Rubik's Cube or even solved an ice cube. But he did gain some notoriety for putting a photo of his grundle on Facebook after his yoga class, Ben Kitchen. Now, we're sponsored by Leonard Hair Transplant Associates and Dr. Matthew Lepresti, the best in permanent hair restoration. With offices in Boston, Newton, Braintree, Warwick, Rhode Island, and Salem, New Hampshire, call 800-GET-HAIR. And schedule a free consultation with Dr. Robert Leonard or Dr. Lepresti. One guy who uh, never, ever will need hair transplant surgery. This guy's got a head of hair. I mean, he's he looks like a male model. Now, you see him on the commercials for that law firm. Yeah. He keeps getting younger every day. <laughs> he's a member of the Red Sox Hall of Fame. And, of course, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, many knowledgeable baseball fans, he should be in Cooperstown as well. One of the nicest guys ever to play in Boston. Classy guy. 385 home runs. Number 24, Dwight Evans, everybody. Do we? Mikey, how are you? Uh, How's Florida? <laughs> Florida is uh, It's about 30 degrees warmer here than it is up there. Um, That's it? It just got done raining at Downport for about 30 minutes and uh, took the humidity out there and played golf. It's a great day. It's a great day. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. How'd you hit him? How'd you hit him on the golf course? First of all, uh, I hit. I hit too many. I had too many swings. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. I, I, I go out and I have fun and uh, work on a game with some friends down here and just go out and don't take myself too seriously. Now, Dewey, I, I call it Dewey, Dewey Evans. We have to clear this, clarify this. Uh, just so you know who's asking you the questions here tonight, okay? If it's me, Mikey, asking you, I'm going to say, so Dewey. And you can say, all right, that's Mike. If it's if someone says, hey, Dwight, it's Bill Smith. Hey, Dwight. And if and, it's me, it's going to be uh, Mr. Evans. Mr. <laughs> that's correct. Mr. Evans. <laughs> right. That's right. Due respect for the man. Now, uh, you and your beautiful wife, Susan, living uh, in South Florida, uh, Southwest Florida. You, now, you told me right. the other day on the phone that you guys have been together 51 years, and you got married when you were, what, 18 or 19? 
18. Wow. And uh, on the 12th of September, we were married 51 years. Yeah. And That's it's, it's uh, you know, it's gone by quick. Wow. And uh, but it's it's been a great life and she's been a great uh, a great lady for all those years. So we met at 15 and uh, just uh, high school sweethearts. Yeah, well, high school sweetheart, but we just, uh, I'd go away. I signed at 17 and went away and then went away at 18 and came back and uh, asked for her father's, or her hand from her father. And uh, at 18 years old, that was uh, swallowing with my mouth open. And uh, no, it was, it was great. He said, how are you going to take care of her? And I said, well, if I don't, if I don't do well in baseball, I'll, I'll be a, a fireman or LAPD or whatever I have to do to support. You just, back then it was commitment. And, uh, you know, we didn't think about, uh, right. We had $400 in our pockets and had to go to, had to go to Sarasota for instructional league and, and got $500 a month for two months and then had to fend for yourself the rest of the time. Ooh, yeah. But little did he know though, that you were yeah. going to, uh, you know, hit 385 major league home runs. I mean, how right. did he know that? You know, you, you were just starting out. I mean, we didn't just even know that till the eighties. We, we didn't figure that out till the eighties. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, you know, I didn't hear anything about that till I went to, and everyone goes, why? Well, I went to Baltimore cause I got fired and I was no longer wanted with the Red Sox. So, um, I went to Baltimore. I'm glad I did for one year. I wish I could have stayed in Boston, no question. But I got to play as Cal Ripken Jr. And, yep. and uh, his father was like Rommel. He was uh, loved him. <laughs> and just just it was a great experience. And Cal was uh, MVP that year. So it was a pleasure to watch him play and, and to see how a different organization worked, too. Yeah. What about the fans in Baltimore, too? They were, you know, they had a, they had a decade of, well, you remember the 70s. In fact, that's where I first met you. At, at the uh, Cross Keys Inn in Baltimore, you're sitting at a table in one of the diner, in one of the restaurants there, Dewey, with, uh, with Louie T. on. I walk up, I go, hey, Dewey and Louie. And you looked at me like, oh, God, do I, need, like, do I need this? You know, here comes another guy who wants me to sign no. a placemat. You know? Yeah. But uh, you, were very, you were very polite, and uh, I give you credit for that. Louie, of course, I didn't understand a word he said, but that, have we ever? None of us have. <laughs> You know, he's such a pleasure to be around, and, and uh, you think about his second language, and, and he speaks very good English, and, you know, uh, but, you know, back then, if you put a microphone in front of him, he, he, would, he would, didn't have the confidence in his English. Right. He was uh, probably the funniest guy oh. uh, to ever put a uniform on, and uh, he made us laugh and kept us loose, and and he just was a funny man, and I love him. Uh, every time I see him, I give him a hug, and he we kiss our, each other's cheek, yeah. and uh, it's like a it's like a family. Everybody it's, everybody loves. He's Louis. a neat guy. Yeah, you, had, he's a you neat know, guy. back then you ask him about the game, you know, you'd say, uh, "Hey, Louie, okay, uh, they tried to take you out in the eighth inning. What happened?" I, I told him, "I told him it's my ball, it's my game. Yeah, I'm gonna pitch the ball because it's my game, not your ball." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he he said, "Get out of here." He go, "You go sit down. On, you go back and sit down yeah, on the bench." He would. He said, "Go sit back down the dugout." He uh, would. Well, you had some unbelievable teammates. Now, just let's start at the beginning here for a second, because uh, you know we all know that you spent a little moment at the end. But the rest of your career is you were a Boston Red Sox player, and you played more games as a Red Sox player than everybody except Yaz, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I had 19 years there. I loved it. I mean, I loved the the fans and. I can't say enough about that. 
But when you started, hey, go, go ahead. You have a question. Go you, ahead. I'm interrupting. No, when you started, though, you were you were you were a little bit of a late start. You were 10 years old. When you finally started playing baseball after going to Hawaii. You came back to Southern California. Then you suddenly found out about baseball. How did that happen? Uh, just out of the clear blue. Well, I, I was, uh, and you, you just said it. Uh, 10 years old, started playing, and when I graduated high school, I was I was 16, uh, 17, and I was a young 17. And uh, I still hadn't matured uh, physically or mentally. <laughs> and, uh, so when I signed, I was six feet tall and I weighed 170 pounds. And uh, I played that year in Jamestown, New York, in my P League. And then I went to uh, next year, I came to spring training, my first spring training, because I signed in June. And I was 6'3 and weighed 215. I had a growth spurt. Wow. I went from a suspect to a prospect overnight. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think about that. I put on 45 pounds and grew three inches. Man. Yeah. So you didn't, yeah. you didn't, uh, do a ball, you skipped Pawtucket. You didn't do any double A at Pawtucket, but you went no, right I to triple. Uh, and I, 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 uh, back then it was Louisville, Kentucky was triple A. Yep. So I went from Winston-Salem, which is single A, to triple A. And that took me a long time to adjust there. In fact, Daryl Johnson was the manager, and he says, uh, you've got eight games to get your hitting, hitting affairs in line. And uh, Stan Williams was my roommate. He was 36, I was 20. <laughs> and he took me out there. He had just a, an arm, a rubber arm, and he threw hard. But he made me against the wall and throw curveballs. And, and I'd, if I bailed a little bit, he'd stay in there. He'd just stay in on me. And yeah. This went on for about four or five days, and, you know, and I – one night I went, uh, I went three for five, and then I proceeded to go forty-three for, or forty-two for sixty-three. Jeez, yeah, that's six hundred bucks. That, that got me. That's how many at bats I had. That got me to two forty. That raised you up, but that's that's yeah. a six hundred pace. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you know I hit four hundred the rest of the year. Ended up hitting three hundred on the nose, and uh, the talks brought me up in September. Whoa. So, yeah, September 72, you come with the Red Sox. Now, I just just for a second here, I want to go back in time. I understand that the reason you, you chose number 24 eventually when you could get it on the Red Sox was because your hero was Willie Mays. Absolutely. The greatest, it, it, oh, the it, greatest it, five it two was, player. And, uh, my first year, I had number 40, and then uh, it came available the following year in 70. Four, and uh, I don't know. You can check that one out if you want, but I think it was seven four. And then, yeah, only made to me. I don't. Probably was the greatest player ever played the game. Yeah, he could do everything. And, oh, he he could do. And they said there's one thing he couldn't do, and I said, "What's that?" Well, he missed his cutoff man a lot. And I went, "Okay, <laughs> he, Ron, he could throw. He could steal bases. He was." Uh, He's just an athlete, a great defensive, great great arm, great power. I listened to one game, and I this is when we came from Hawaii. It's about maybe eleven or twelve. I had one of those little transistor radios. And I picked up. We're in the San Fernando Valley. It's North LA, and a game in San Francisco, and it went on for fifteen innings, and it was Marshall against Warren Spawn. They both went the distance. And Warren Spawn gave up a home run to Willie Mays in the bottom of the 15th and <laughs> lost the game 
one to nothing. Epic. Spawn, spawn, spawn threw like 180 pitches, and, and Marshall threw like 230 pitches. But they both went the distance. Animals. See, back then, Dwight, everybody completed their games, or they tried to anyway. These days, they don't even well, try to. It's just like Tion in 75. In a series. Oh, we lost you there for a second. Are you there? I think we lost him. Uh, I can hear you. Oh, there okay. he is. Okay, here you're back. <laughs> Okay, I moved. I moved six inches, so okay. <laughs> I'm going right to stay there. in this position. But um, uh, Tion, Tion in 75. I don't know if you heard me or not. Uh, threw 160 some pitches in I think the fifth game of the World Series and, right. and finished it. And it's just and now I hear on TV is and it's it's managing their arms. But yeah, but yeah, you know they, they, they say well you know he's at 90 pitches right now, so he's about done. And I, I, I don't get it. I yeah. just don't get it. The complete game nope. is a lost art, Dewey. And and I, we had Ferguson Jenkins I was talking to. He said, he said uh, in 1971, I completed 30 games. What? Yeah. I, I said, are you kidding? Nope, 30 games. That's 270 innings right there, you know, just for his complete right. games. You know, it's crazy. So I'm going to ask you about your first hit uh, in the major leagues. What stadium and who did you hit it off of? That would be in 72? Wow. Uh, be um, Steve. I, I, I think it was Watt from uh, the Orioles, and that was '72. Was in Fenway, and I hit the ball, hit a bullet off up high off the wall in left field, and I came around first base, and the ball's already being thrown in. That would have been out of any other ballpark. I mean, it just you know that 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 wall can hurt you as much as help you. Was so. it Eddie Watt of the Orioles? Was he like a Eddie Watt? Yeah, there guy. you go. I knew it was Watt. Yeah. But, because uh, I, I read somewhere that it was, did you, Gaylord Perry, did he have an early memory for you? Yes. Oh, you know what? I messed that one up. Hmm. Yeah. You know it better it than was, me. It was right? the I mean, day before. You, oh, no. You're, you're, you, know, you know I'm going to be 70 here. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> my Gaylord Perry was my first base hit, and I hit it high off the wall. Oh, okay. Uh, so Watt, Watt was be home my run. first homer. Yeah, there you go. Watt was my, one of my first homer. Well, you know, with retro sheet, you can go back. We can look at everything you ever did in your entire <laughs> life in the world of baseball. Uh, you know, think of a Gaylord Perry, though. And I, I met Gaylord at a, an autograph show. With, I was with Spaceman. You know, who, you know, Bill. Bill was my best man in my wedding, right? Yeah. So we're at this. I'm picking Which him up. One? To, uh, so, ah. <laughs> that's good. That's my the one that worked. Uh, okay. So okay, right. good. yeah, the, the good one. So. Uh, Gaylord Perry, you know his daughter. They asked they asked his daughter about throwing the spitball during one of the All Star games. The press was all around her, and she said, oh, "She said it's a hard slider." <laughs> but the thing about it with Gaylord Perry is, I'm wondering why. What did his parents have against him to name one of the brothers Jim and the other one Gaylord? I mean, what's going on with that? I don't know, but they both could pitch. Uh, Gaylord just, uh, you know, he came out once he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and, and wrote a book and yeah. admitted that he cheated. So. Right. <laughs> but, we, you know, he played so long that we were in Seattle, and I had to go to the other clubhouse for something. Uh, they had something they didn't have in the home clubhouse. So I went in there, and there's Gaylord getting rubbed down. He's pitching that night. Yeah, He's getting rubbed down with baby oil, and it's all over his body. So no matter where he went, just he had baby oil. <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't Think try to sit one. down. It's a good thing he didn't try to sit down on the toilet when he was like covered with that stuff. He would have well, slipped right I'm out of the floor. Go there, but. Oh my god! 
That's unbelievable. <laughs> now, you had uh, eight gold gloves, and you had five in a row. I'm going to say this, and I would like you to comment on this. You probably heard this from a lot of different people. Were you were considered to be in the 70s and uh, into the into the 80s the Clementi type of right fielder? And that's a very nice compliment, but you covered a lot of ground. You had a gun, uh, and, you know, you were unparalleled. I think most people believed you were the best right fielder in all of baseball after Clementi was all done. Well, that's a compliment. I mean, I, I, I saw him in spring training, 72 and 70. I think 73 was – he was he passed away. Yeah, was it seventy three? Yeah, I think it was and, New Year's uh, Day. Yeah, he was he was just a he was just fun to watch, and he, not like Willie. Willie to me was was my idol, but um, Roberto was just a great athlete, and he wasn't that big of a man, but had a great arm, and and uh, those all those guys, uh, Stargell and um, Sangian, they all swung big bats, like 36, 37 inches. Yeah. And, and, uh, but he was, he was a special player. I wish I'd seen more of them. You know, right field, especially at Fenway, you know, there's angles uh, out there. Fenway. It's, it's deep. It goes, you know, it goes all the way up to 380 real quick in a curved basis. It's got to be the, and the hardest sunfield, right field to play in major leagues. But what, what I found out about you was that, once your reputation, when you started racking up assists, you know, 14, 15 a year, all of a sudden all these guys were chicken shit and they wouldn't run on you anymore. Well, they, uh, that, that, and it's happened to Hunter too. Um, they, they respect his arm and he's going to have less uh, assists, but he's also going to stop a lot of runs by just his presence. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, this guy's got some pop in his bat. And I, I find it hard to believe that Tampa gave up on him. And uh, he just, what a great uh, pick for us. I mean, he's, he's, I hear he's a great teammate, and I think we have him for a couple more years anyway. But uh, that's what you need in Fenway Park, somebody like him. And, and uh, uh, I've texted him and, and, and have stayed in touch with him a little bit just to uh, I tell him how much I admire how he plays and how he goes about the game. You know, when guys don't go from second, you know, there's a base hit to right. Dwight Evans charges in, and these guys, were gonna, he's going to round third, and he just stops. And you say, well, what, what's going on with this? Well, it, there's a reason for that. They didn't want to test you. What, what's the best throw you ever made in your mind? I mean, there's got to be one where you say, How, well, I can't believe I did that. I, I don't. You know, someone said I threw somebody out in Kansas City. And... uh it was from deep right center, and I threw it. Uh, I don't know if it was a one-hop or, or all the way, but I, it wasn't a fast runner, but it still was a long ways to throw a ball. I don't remember it. Uh, I, I, I don't – there's any great play or, or whatever. I, I You know, you play 20 years, there's a lot of things that happen, and uh, people always say, what's your mem most memorable yeah. home run? And I, I, I don't have one. You I don't mean, have you got um, too many of them. That's why. Well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> the one I do remember is in 1986 when it was the first pitch, and I was leading off. But yes. um, I remember quite a few of them. But the, the throwing, uh, you know, one thing I couldn't do is I couldn't put myself. We didn't have. Uh, the media coverage they have today. We didn't have that. Right. So, you, you know, I didn't see, I couldn't see myself. 
I couldn't put myself outside myself and see how I threw. Uh, I knew I had a strong arm. I knew I was accurate. I worked very hard on that. But uh, to what strength, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 they say Renthro uh, reminds people a lot about myself, and that's a compliment as well. Well, there was one I remember uh, looking at. Uh, it was it was Tony Fernandez, I believe, running and uh, from Toronto. And you, you know, you you just it was it was a, it was a dart from right field, right straight into the catcher's hand. And he uh, he was shot. he was a good runner too, Tony Fernandez. Yeah, uh, he yes. had some speed. But a lot of guys prevention, an ounce of prevention, because you can't count Dwight Evans the amount of runs that you prevented by them yeah. not taking the extra base. You know, you're right. You're right. And, and that's a stat they, they can somewhat calculate in today's game. They, they couldn't back then. But the one thing that we had and used to really enjoy watching it um, is watching. You come into a ball game, you saw a little batting practice, and then you saw them take infield. And I know when, when I took infield, uh, Zimmer would always say, you don't take infield, you're not playing. So that was just, I love Zim. I, lo- I do. He was, he was, he taught me more than any manager I ever played for. But he was tough that way. I didn't need to throw every day. I needed to throw infield maybe four or five times a week. But every day was, was tough. But one, one thing that would happen during that infield practice is I would see all the coaches on other teams sitting on a bench. And they were watching all of infield. You know, left field, right, right field, center, and the, the whole thing. But I would try to throw as hard as I could, and I what I would do is actually uh, guys would round third base, and you see the third base coach just throw up his arms, and that was because of the throws I made in in infield practice, and and the reputation I had too is is it saved a lot of runs, and sometimes I'd have the ball and I'd throw it offline, and and they they would hold the runner up, so. There's, you can't measure that. You can't measure the first to third. You can't measure uh, a tagging up uh, from second to third or yeah. third to home. You, those things you can't equate when I, when I played. You just couldn't. Right. But it did, it did help. And even the sack flies and stuff. Well, I got a, a chart for Dewey Evans that I'm going to get to in a second here that is the quintessential why he should be in the Hall of Fame chart. But first we have this uh, commercial message from our friends at Dr. Robert Leonard, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. Uh, some of the guys that have had their hair done, and Dwight Evans is not going to ever be one of them. He's got a great head of hair, but Wes Welker, he needed it. <laughs> David Portnoy, uh, Fred Toucher, Rob Ninkovich, Lyndon Byers, Kevin Chapman, the actor, and, of course, me. Yeah, I had a bald spot, and I got it fixed by Dr. Robert Leonard. Now, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates now a head surgeon, Dr. Matthew Lepresti. They use such techniques as the Neograft device, which is w- wonderful. Uh, and now what they do is they give you a no-obligation consultation. You call 1-800-GET-HAIR. It's free. They tell you what's going on in your head and what you need to do about it. And uh, you can visit any one of five convenient offices, including uh, Boston, Newton, Warwick, Rhode Island, Braintree, and Salem, New Hampshire. The very best in permanent hair restoration. That title goes to Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. Call them at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tell them you heard Mikey talking about it with the fully hairy-headed uh, Dwight Evans and uh, Bill Smith. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dwight, how did you manage to keep all that hair? You know, I'm 74, and uh, and I got a big shiny forehead. <laughs> you know, I, I just—it's—I uh, don't know. I don't know. I just wish I had some darker hair. Um, but hey, I'm, I've got it in. Uh, 
thank God for it. And, and you know, it just, uh, you know what I look at is some of these women that are going bald and how devastating that must be oh, for a woman. Yeah, for so, women. That's, oh, yeah. Well, Dr. Yeah, Larry can yeah, yeah, more so for a woman, but... Um, Anyway, I don't know where we got. That's not baseball. No. All right, let's round no, it wait back. Wait a minute. You don't want to talk about, like, you know, women having uh, to shave their armpits or stuff like that? Anything? No, no, no. <laughs> don't want to go there. No. Dwight, you're 49. I mean, you look like you're 49. You're going to be 70 on November 3rd, but you look 49, just for the record. And you do those commercials. You look like a male model up there, brother. You know, thank you. I, I, I don't know. Just I've had a long relationship with them, and, and uh, they're good people. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun. Say, Mr. Evans, say it first. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Evans. Uh, yes, a, a, a yes qu- Ben. <laughs> question, if I may. Um, so after the 1980 season, before 81, Fred Lynn's gone. Carlton Fisk is gone. And we, we talked to Fred Lynn about that situation a few months back or about a year ago. And uh, I just kind of wanted to know, how, how did you feel about that situation that was going on and some of the incredibly questionable personnel decisions the front office was making? Well... Um, well, not good. I mean, how do you, how do you not tender a, a Fisk contract before, you know, I guess December 20th, was it, or something like that, and, and leave him to be a free agent? I mean, that's just, you know, common sense to you know, tender him a contract. But, you know, in 75, we lost that series to the Big Red Machine. We, we took away the athletics in three games. Yep. And... You know, we lost that game to a single center field in the eighth inning by, by Morgan. And I said, and we all said, we're going to be in two or three World Series in the next four or five years. With sure. this team. And we didn't, you know, we won 99 games in 78, but uh, and then lost the playoff to the Yankees. But um, I don't know how we didn't win more uh, championships with that team. You don't I really don't. I have a theory too on seventy five, Dewey, that it, if if it wasn't for Rice getting hurt by Vern Rule, uh, you know, I mean, with all due respect to Cecil Cooper, they had a lot of lefties on that Reds team, and he was like one for seventeen in that series. If Rice was in that lineup every day, I think you guys won that win that World Series in six games. Well, very well said. I mean, Jimmy, not even in the playoffs or World Series, and uh, you know we. We had Juan Benicus and, and we had uh, Cecil Cooper and you know Yaz still was great defensively and uh, and, and offensively. So you know I, I saw Yaz playing a lot of first base and I saw Yaz playing a lot of left field and, and kind of he. Oh, get back where you yeah, were. Yeah, doing. Can you move back to that other chair? <laughs> What's that? Wait, we just lost you for a second there. <laughs> we thought you changed seats. <laughs> okay, no, no, I, I'm I'm in the same spot. There you go. Yeah, so that's 75 series. Anyway, you were saying that. Uh, that uh, how do we not? How did we not win more championships with that team? Yeah, I, I, I it's beyond me. I, I don't, I don't know. And, and 78, you had Bill Lee, had Bill Lee uh, you know, quietly 17 games a year, you know, and Bill Lee would. Would win a game three to two or four to three and give up eleven points. <laughs> yeah, he said his perfect his a perfect game for him. He said a perfect game for him is uh, is ten singles, uh, ten singles shutout. Oh, you know, uh, and Bill probably wasn't even smoking that much weed back then. It was. Probably, <laughs> you know? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now let me ask you this: in 1978, 
which which I thought was lineup wise was the best team. You had a, it, you got hit in the head. What what month was that? You got hit in the oh, I got hit. I got hit by Mike Parrott, and it it uh, messed me up for a good two three years. Wow. I had uh, uh, inner ear issues and you know uh, dizziness. I remember I'm in in right field. I made ten errors that year, I believe, and uh, and didn't play uh, didn't play as much after I got hit, but. Um, I had I had really a lot of issues, and I remember in right field, I went back, and I saw like four or five balls, and I turned around, I'm spinning, and ball went off my glove and my chest and whatever, and threw it in, and I, Zim says, what happened? And I said, well, I saw four or five balls. I, you know, I didn't know what to do. He goes, well, catch the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah, good. I, I went, here's the guy that got hit in the head, and, right. and he had no sympathy for me. And, and I, you know, if I could stay level, I was, um, you know, if anybody ever has, I'm trying to think of the, the it's um, it's the inner ear problem, but the, it's called something, I can't think of it right now. But um, I was, I, for two or three years, I had the, the issue, and, and, uh, Vertigo. Was it vertigo? Vertigo. Yeah. Vertigo. Thank you. Yeah. And some people get it just, you know, they get that inner ear, inner ear infection. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No, but yeah. I did get hit, and it kind of changed things. Walt Reniak got a hold of me, and, and we started working together, and, and it uh, changed my career. Yeah, you're home. I got to tell you this. I got this chart. I worked on this because I'm a Dwight Evans fan. always have been. 1980 to 1989. You know, Dewey, they talk about Hall of Fame stats. They say you got to be good for at least a decade. Well, I, I isolated the decade, and you know it was the '80s from '80 to '89, and I put a list together of you compared to seven Hall of Famers. Okay, and I took every every major category. Now, this is not war and the new categories, exit velocity, and all this stuff. This is old school, but this show just goes to show you where you ranked in these categories. Okay, for the decade of the '80s, the by the way, the other Hall of Famers are Yount, Brett. Ripken, Winfield, Andre Dawson, Mike Schmidt, and Eddie Murray. Okay, they're all in the Hall of Fame. You were second on yeah. uh, in that group of eight. You were second in runs, third in runs batted in, second in OBP. You were uh, third in slugging. Your OPS had you at third. Career home runs, you were sixth. Gold gloves tied for second with Dawson. Doubles, second. Triples, fourth. And I love triples. Uh, third in home runs. Uh, you were fourth in total bases. You were first overall of all those Hall of Famers in extra base hits for the entire major leagues during the 80s. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's to me... It's, That's good company. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable that... that they didn't give you more respect compared to all these Hall of Famers for your Hall of Fame, uh, uh, you know, uh, candidacy. I think it's ridiculous. And between you and Louis Tiant, those are the two biggest uh, travesties in the history of the Hall of Fame. How's you it? know, I, you know what? I, I, I can't speak to that um, in, in in where you want to go, Mike. But but <laughs> I, I I look at uh, Jack Jack Morris. I look at Alan Trammell, and how could they get through the, the media not voting those two guys? And, and that's just a small example of Alan Trammell. Um, if you look at him and Barry Larkin in their careers, do, do a side-by-side. Barry Larkin gets voted in his second year, and Trammell doesn't go through 15 years. 
Right. They're identical. The only thing that Larry or, or Barry Larkin did was he won an MVP. Mm-hmm. And and Trammell hit 350-something one year, and he, he didn't get the MVP. That's the only difference. I don't know why, why they had to come in through the Veterans Committee. Both of them are just, you know, Hall of Famers. And, and you know, I, I, we talked about this, too, Mike. I truly believe that uh, what happened with me, I always felt like I was on the bubble offensively, but I thought my defense would carry me over. I, I thought in my small way of thinking, but um, I really think that when I came on the ballot, you had guys, uh, McGuire and, and uh, Sosa hitting, you know, 55 and 60 and Mm -hmm. 65 home runs. It distorted everything. It it did. It did. And and people will say, well, you still got to hit the ball. But when I see guys that I played against, they would hit the ball 420, 430. And then all of a sudden they're hitting the ball. 500 feet or they're throwing 92 93 miles an hour now now they're throwing 98 99 sure yeah and and then you're going something's going on here and uh, you know to me i think that that changed the view on with me and my my uh, my time on the ballot i think this made me justifying it but i was watching an mlb network show and it was about the you know team of the 80s they put together a team of the 80s yeah. and i think it's largely the 80s just gets disrespected because you looked at some of the names on that team you know okay rick anderson mike schmidt obviously yeah yeah but then there's dwight evans and then there's Dale Murphy, and there's Mattingly, and there's all these great players from the '80s that just completely kind of get ignored. That Those today's all- media members, like the, we always make fun of them, the nerds in baseball, yeah. would absolutely adore these guys. Absolutely, you know, I mean, these are those are three big names from that era, and they, and you know, to me, it's ridiculous. But you know, they nowadays, Dwight, they talk about war. You know, the stat war. Yeah, I, I still don't understand it. Yeah, I don't either. But it's it's everybody's. It's like it's their big number now. Oh, his war was this and that. Well, I looked up your war in your career, okay? And the war is wins above replacement, right, Ben? Yes. So the wins above replacement. The only guys that came in the Red Sox in the history of the Red Sox in war ahead of you were Ted Williams, Yaz. Bogsy snuck past you, and you know who was behind you? David Ortiz. So you're really? clearly the fourth best war player in the history of the Red Sox, and you're not in the Hall of Fame, and you're, they didn't retire your number, and I'm pissed. I am pissed about this. <laughs> I, I don't understand. You know, you're, 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 you're asking some uh, you're bringing up some great <laughs> subjects, but I can't comment on that. I know. Well, that's because you're a humble and guy. I, I don't understand it, but I, you know me. I'm just going to go over and just do my job. I, I still work for the organization. I love what I do. Yeah. I love the owners. I love I love the uh, the organization. Period. I guess the the probably the, one of the best compliments I I've had is from Theo Epstein and Dave Dombrowski and and other general managers saying you're the kind of player I'd go after today if right. if you if your type of player was around today that's the player i'd want on my team and that, that to me is a compliment they and i think it had had to do with the war stat and other stats on base was was huge people say well how come how come when you, you know you, you started getting more home runs and more walks and the guy named ralph how came to us and he goes you know i've been looking at you and watching your on base percentage he said, instead of you batting six, sevens, and eights, he said, I'm going to hit you a second. He wow. says, you have the best on-base percentage of anybody on the team. 
Mm-hmm. That was back in, uh, I think, 81. Right. And, and I, I didn't think of it that way. But what I was doing was one more bat per game. So the walks were, were more, the home runs were more, and RBIs were more. One more at bat um, per game, that's 162 more at bats, was, was a big thing for me. Well, you, you know, you lead twice in OPS, which is another number they, they refer to uh, dr- dramatically all the time. Uh, uh, but to me, it was like a combination platter. You know, you talk about Willie Mays. You did everything well, uh, and the fielding was the one I said, you know what, as a matter of fact, Dwight Evans, I want to tell you something. We, brought, we have brought in a, uh, a Bob Dylan um, impersonator to do a tribute song to 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 you and number twenty four. You want you want to listen to it before we say goodbye? I'd love to. Right, this is a, a Bob Dylan impersonator. His name is Ned Furbin. Oh, Ned! Ned, bring him in here. We're going to do it right now. This is uh, <coughs> ready. <coughs> well, you don't want that. What the hell was that? Okay, here we go. Here we go. <coughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. I sound like Bob Dylan. Ooh. <clears throat> okay, we're warming up. Dewey. 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 Hey, Red Sox, listen to me. You gotta retire 24 Forget Ramirez and Mike Stanley Dewey Evans is 24 Knock, knock, knocking on Evans' door You gotta retire on 24. Oh, yeah, knock, knock, knocking on Evan's door. He should have already been in the Hall of Fame before. Oh, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom now. Man. Dwight, Dwight Evans is going to be 70 years old, man. Yeah, I'm 70. Like, I'm like 84, and I I can't even have a good number two anymore. <laughs> Dwight Evans, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You're a great guy. You're a classy individual, no, and we love you. Thank you for having me, and, and I, I you've always, Mikey, you've always been in my corner. I appreciate you, and Ben and, and Bill. Thank you for having me. I Thanks, appreciate Dwight. it. Have a, have a good time you, talking to you. Give guys. our best to Susan, will you? And have fun down there in Florida, my friend. All right. Take, Take care, Mikey.